This is the Yob ConvoCast, one-on-one conversations with your other brother's authors, community members, supporters, and friends. What's up, friends, and welcome back to the Yob ConvoCast colon Enneagram edition. I'm Tom from the Jewel of the Blue Ridge, and joining me, he's the resident nine. He's as much Mr. Nine as Matt is Mr. Eight. It, there's nobody else I would rather be talking to for this episode. It's my other brother, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hello. Hey, Tom. I get you all to myself all today. To, I know. This is so rare that we get to just record with nobody else in the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we used to. I feel like, did we ever record just the two of us? Maybe we did. I forget. We've had a convo. We've done at least a couple. I can't. I can't think of a one-on-one like whole podcast episode. Yeah, this is like somewhere between a normal combo cast because we we will definitely go beyond the twenty-five minute mark here today. I I am quite confident. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so glad that you're here to talk about all things Enneagram Nines, the Peacemaker. Uh, you are. I don't know. I don't want to like pump you up too much, but I think you might be the one I'm talking to on this series that might know the Enneagram the most. Ooh. I think. Okay. Well, you're only like two episodes in now, so don't, you know, you can, you can wait and see. How <laughs> I don't want to throw any shade to Matt. I mean, Matt, Matt will take the shade. Matt loves the shade, but um, I know you know more than Matt as much as he's grown in the Enneagram in recent years. Mm-hmm. But, but that's mm-hmm. why I'm really excited for this episode because not only do you know a lot about the Enneagram, you also represent a substantive portion of our community as revealed on our Enneagram Yobcast. Like there are so many nines in our community. So I hope, I hope there's gonna be a chorus of amens throughout the world as you share mm. your perspective. Not that you will be a hundred percent in alignment with all of the nines out there. But like you mentioned on the on the Yobcast, you know, it's a rainbow and there's various shades of uh which which color do you want to pick out for to represent you guys on the on the Enneagram rainbow today? Ooh. Pick a color. <laughs> um, I picked red for uh, for Matt. <laughs> for for Matt, I, I I'm gonna go with blue. Blue is, and we're both like wearing a violet, blue. violet indigo maybe somewhere on okay on that end. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's kind of where I was leaning to. So we'll we'll go with that. So various shades mm-hmm. of blue and indigo out there, just like there are various shades of Enneagram nines. Um, right at the top, I want to always just preface these conversations. The Enneagram is a tool that we use. It is not the be-all, end-all. It's not a replacement for other methods of self-discovery like therapy or like certainly a relationship with Jesus and prayer or what have you, other practices. But it is a tool that's been very helpful for me. It's been helpful to Ryan. It's been helpful to all yes. the guests that I'm talking to. And that's why they're giddy i would say i don't know i don't want to speak for you are you giddy to talk about the enneagram with me today? well you <laughs> know I, I think uh maybe nines don't get giddy all that often <laughs> I, it's not you tom it's me. yeah that's true that's true but in any case ryan's here one way or another ryan's here and he's going to talk about nines and um it's just awesome to be able to explore it through this unique aspect of our sexuality, our, our masculinity, how we relate with other men, um, whether they're gay or whether they're straight, it'll be awesome to explore the Enneagram in a way that I've never seen done before. Um, and so I'm really excited to see not only what Ryan has to say, but our yobbers, they submitted some feedback. We have we only had one eight submit feedback for our last podcast, but we got several nines contributing to this one. So, um, so it'll be fun to get a nice little cross-section of nineness 
from our community. Um, info that I'm going to read today, as always, comes from truity.com, not Ryan's bank, but truity.com. <laughs> um, and also enneagramgift.com, when I talk about stress and security, there's some descriptions from enneagramgift.com. So thanks to those two websites for providing a lot of the content. Let me read what Truity has as the nine description, and then Ryan, I'll give you 15 seconds to adjust it as necessary. Or if you wanna lock in Ooh, the Truity okay. answer, you can lock it in like as completely accurate. But if you sure. wanna tweak it in like a sentence or two, feel free. So here's how they define nines, which are the peacemakers. Nines are defined by their desire to maintain a sense of inner peace and harmony and to avoid conflict or other emotional disturbances. They are typically agreeable, calm, and easy to be around. Nines rarely rock the boat, but they can be stubborn. While they typically go with the flow, they dislike being controlled and will respond with passive resistance if pushed too far. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a that's a 98 out of 100. Um, oh, okay. I think um, if I could tweak something a little bit, it's uh, maybe the strive for internal harmony and the, the aversion to conflict feels a little more like I'm willing to shift my internal world, my internal expectations in order to avoid exerting pressure externally to me. Okay. Uh, we can talk more about that later. Yeah. As anything that gets referenced in the introduction, the something else that's like I'm going to throw out there for all of these is what the primary passion or the vice is for all of these types, which is the, it's a good one. It's also an animal. One of my favorite animals, sloth. So sloth. as slothfulness enters your mind throughout this conversation, feel free to interject some, some slothfulness, which is the primary passion or vice of the type nine. Um, some quick stats. We shared some stats from our community on the Enneagram podcast, the Yobcast that we did. And Truity did a study too. So it'd be fun to just kind of compare the general population stats with our own community stats. But uh, in Truity's study of more than 54,000 respondents, type nines were found to make up approximately 13% of the population, 14% being women, 12% being men, which is slightly under from what our numbers were in our community. When we shared hmm. our numbers, our numbers were about 16 to 20% of our community identifying as nines. So, so take that for what it's worth that, you know, this is very, very loose scientific data, but it's something, it's something to play with, you know, it's like, okay, do we have maybe slightly more nine male mm. nines in mm -hmm. our community than the general population? Maybe could be, but I could see that being true. If it feels true, it's true. <laughs> it sounds good. For <laughs> let's, let's go with it. Let's go with that. Um, let's look at the nine's core motivations. And so once again, feel free to tweak or adjust this as you think fits with you. But this is how Truity defines the nine's core motivations. Nines are motivated by their need for peace and harmony in their environment and the desires to avoid conflict and deal with unpleasant emotions. You're kind of touching on that a little earlier mm -hmm. when, you, when you tweaked it. So I don't know if there's anything else that you want to tweak to that. But to carry it forward, it would be um, how do you see those core motivations playing out when it comes, when you consider your, your sexuality, when you consider your sense of masculinity, how you connect with other men, gay and straight, mm. this, I'm really curious to hear what the, the nine, because it seems like relationship and harmony and connection, conflict, like these are things that are buzzwords that when you hear about the nine, these are words that you hear about. And, um, I just feel like it's super relatable, whether you are a type nine or not, um, yeah. just to hear how you, how you parse that out. 
So, um, okay, in this little series, in this series of Convocasts, have you gotten into the subtypes or not? I don't know if it's called subtypes or the the instinctual variants. So we have not. I've I've told people what I what I always say is like we want this conversation to be accessible to people who have no idea what that okay. is. So you can feel free to reference it, but we won't have just... like a section on. I would love that, but <laughs> it's not super important. Yeah, yeah, you can get the can bare bones. skim over it. Um, I, have you seen Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts? I have not. That is not a flick. I've I've caught. Okay, so Julia Roberts' character, um, she is sort of known for going from man to man, and she that's why she's called the Runaway Bride because she'll get to the uh-huh. altar and then chicken out and panic and run, and so um, she. Every man she's with, there's the, there's a scene where they're ordering breakfast and uh, the man she's with orders eggs a certain way, the way he prefers. And she just go, goes ahead and orders them the same way. And so she's with one guy and he orders them like scrambled or like over easy or something. And then the next guy, he orders them like egg whites only with spinach and she orders it the same way. And then she's with... Um, Richard Gere and she does the same thing and then at the very uh, end of the movie um, well, well, and so it's something that Richard Gere points out to her and says look you just you just order the same breakfast as whoever you're with like don't you aren't you your own person like do you even know what you want and she takes that to heart and experiments with all these different ways of cooking eggs and at the very end she tells Richard Gere Eggs Benedict. I like Eggs Benedict. That's how I want my eggs. And mm-hmm. um, and that is what it's like being a nine. As uh, as a nine, especially in terms of like romantic relationships, I feel like Julia Roberts with her eggs, you know, like every, every guy I've been into, I've sort of um, adopted or tried to adopt some of the same like tastes, some of the same interests, you know, I'm like interested in a guy who, who, who's big into basketball. And for a season of my life, I convinced myself, Oh, I think I could be into basketball. Like, I think I could like listen to the podcast and read the blogs and figure out what's going on. Um, and then eventually like reality kind of, um, settles on me and I realize mm, that's really not who I am. Like I have to kind of let go of that. Um, and I found that it is super important to me to be able to have have things that I like that aren't shared with with people I'm like emotionally involved with. Um, you know, for for a number of these friendships that had some element of like attraction or romance or passion to them, you know, I was trying to get them into like Sufjan Stevens, my favorite. Um, my favorite musical artist. Mm. And I would get so frustrated that like, oh, I'm listening to his music. Why won't he listen to Sufjan Stevens? Why won't he like what I like? I'm liking what he likes. Uh, But it just didn't happen. Uh, And then I realized one time, like after, after this falling out happened, that like, I'm going back to Sufjan Stevens and I'm listening to, listening to Sufjan Stevens and crying. And I'm thinking, I am so glad I have Sufjan Stevens. Mm. Like, I am so glad that I have this thing that's mine that I didn't share with this guy um, that I can sort of like, that it can be part of me and a refuge I can go back to. 
Um, and so I think uh, to sort of wrap it all up into an abstract statement, um, take the concrete and, and, and put it all into an abstract statement that maybe other people can take and relate to. Um, I think often nines just want to sort of merge. That's the big word, merge yeah. with the person they're close to or attracted to. Like they want the boundaries between them and the person to just dissolve and to sort of become the same person. And that is, that is the temptation. That's what seems like it would be good, but it's not actually um, good. <laughs> you have to learn how to be your own person and enjoy being your own person. Yeah, well said. You threw in some some metaphors and some other, and I love Sufyan of, of being like a refuge for you. What a what a mm -hmm. great like tangible example of like a, a stake of your own identity. Yeah, um, yeah. In this in this conversation, yeah, that's really it's really good. I love that. Um, let me read a couple Yabber's feedback because we got a few that submitted answers to our questions. So I'm excited to hear how they land with you. Um, one person said about conflict avoidance. Conflict avoidance is definitely a big motivator for me and probably one of the reasons I've chosen to be selectively out because the idea of having to deal with opposition and argument from people, Christians or not, who don't agree with my choice, dot, 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 is too overwhelming. You're, you're publicly out, right, Ryan? So mm -hmm. how, does that, how does that hit you as like somebody who is selectively out because it's just the, the, the hoops to jump through and the conversations to have are just like too, too much at this point? At this point in life, I think I I get it. Um, you know, for me coming out, I, I came out publicly, and at the time I was working in the kids ministry at my church, and um, and my coming out publicly was like posting on social media, posting online, or whatever. And so uh, parents would come and pick up their kids, and sometimes they would be, um, sometimes the the parents would be a little more. Uh, cooler than usual. Sometimes they'd be a little warmer than usual. And I just had to, and I wondered, oh, is it because they, they, they know that I'm gay? And I just had to uh, let go of that. I just had to tell myself, you know what? You can't know. You can't manage that anymore. Um, you can't be in charge of that anymore. And I think for me, actually being a nine helped with that because when you're a nine, you're good at um, you're, you're kind of good at letting things not be your job. Mm. <laughs> like you, you, I'm, I'm really good at real seeing something and telling myself, Hey, that's not my job and I don't have to worry about it and I don't have to do anything about it. And, um, and I actually like listen to myself when I tell myself those things. And so I think that that's a way that I think being a nine helped me be out publicly. Mm. That's probably, you know, that's a journey of getting there too, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Of like, I'm sure it's easier said than done for right. a lot of people. Of like, that's not, yeah, that's their side of the fence. That's their issue. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, have to I mean, to and, my side. and yeah. you shouldn't come out unless you're ready to do that. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But that's cool. Yeah, it's cool to hear somebody, a contrast of someone who's selectively out, someone who's publicly out like you. So thanks for chiming in. I wish I'd read this one first because you had just been talking about it, but someone else said this. Um, I don't like confrontation, don't ever want to start one. When I meet with someone for the first time, I try to find some common interests that we both have. If they maybe, if they might be interested in something else that I'm not in, that I tr then I try to learn more about it. So, so I think that's good. I think on the surface that sounds good, right? But you also, I think, I think your word of caution would be like, just make sure you don't make that this like central driving force of yeah. the, 
relationship that you, if it's something you're legitimately not interested in, Mm -hmm. or if it does, if it kind of steals more from you than adds to you, maybe that would be a, something to differentiate. Yeah. And like, don't forget how to enjoy your own life without that other Mm -hmm. person. Although it's shocking, Mr. Ryan, that you live in North Carolina, like the state of basketball and you just couldn't, not that I'm into basketball either, but see, it's, it's hard to avoid. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. From coast I mean, to coast. The, the one thing I, I'll definitely confirm what that person is saying that um, I feel like my my nine personality allows me to get along with a, a whole different, like a, a, a large variety of people. Like I, yeah. I can get along with so many different kinds of people. And it's amazing to me how, um, how I have like all these different friends and they don't get along with each other. And I'm like, I get along with both of you. I don't see what the problem is, but, but <laughs> other people just don't have that same capability. You're, you got a superpower. You're, you're the bridge. You're the bridge between warring yeah. factions. <laughs> That, that I feel like the flip side of that is sometimes I feel like vanilla ice cream, like it's good with anything, but oh, <laughs> but it's just vanilla ice cream. <laughs> it's the best. I love vanilla ice cream. I could just eat vanilla ice cream plain. It's so good. Um, vanilla bean in particular with those little dots mm. that are in it, you know? Those, yeah, that's, 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 that's the, the wing eight. Mm. <laughs> those little dots. Um, we had one person who submitted feedback who I know that you know, and he took this very seriously. Like there's most people who submitted feedback, you know, they wrote three or four lines, which mm-hmm. is, I'm not complaining. That's great. I love that. But then we have this other person who wrote like a novel of answers to these questions. I am looking at this dear person's <laughs> response right now on my screen okay okay so you can follow along because i want to read the whole thing i want to honor the whole thing even though i could have edited it or tried to pick out a highlight or two so i'll just read the whole thing and then real quick if you have anything to chime on chime in on afterward go for it but he said this about motivations peace and harmony are certainly at a core of the nine type but i think a more powerful word that might set this type apart from another number who values peace and harmony would be that of seeking union with the people they find themselves alongside I think what strikes me as so differentiating to a nine is their innate desire for union. They will forego recognizing their own desires, emotions, opinions, feelings, even hatred to feel at one or in union with a singular person, the collective, or ironically, their own system or liturgy or patterns. So little knowledge of who they are or what they want is ever really cultivated or confirmed without intentional and purposeful exploration. When it comes to sexuality, I find the whole of my routines and interests impacted by the routines and interests of the person that I'm most trying to gain union with. This may appear as flexible or versatile in the workplace, or even emotionally reciprocal or intentional in personal interactions, but deep down to some extent, it is self-forgetful and slothful to my own identity or needs. My individual is more greatly impacted by an individual that I'm attracted to. On a surface level, there's also some intrigue to individuals who seemingly actually have identity that I can emulate or morph into. Albeit, I am a countertype, so the extent I get to be accepted might seem two-ish or three-ish as they appear more high energy or non-slothful. But the distinguishing drive of union versus being loved and valuable, I believe, is still present. A noticeable proof of this might be in my own sexual attraction towards what I have identified as more masculine or at least traditionally expected gender norms that I don't believe are as present in me. Especially the norms that were valued in my family growing up seem to reoccur as features in the individuals I find most attractive and that I try to morph into. And so my question for you, Ryan, is am I talking to the wrong person? Should I be talking to this person instead? Well, this person is really wonderful and and I know you're listening and I love you very much. 
<laughs> we could have had a great conversation with him too. Yeah, you, yeah, for sure. I gotta, I gotta give you the first crack, and I'm so glad you're here, Ryan. But yeah, that's a lot of good stuff in there. Anything that jumps out at you? I mean, he makes a really great point that people don't use the word union enough to talk about what mm. a nine's motivation is. Like people, people probably overuse peace, and I think peace, peace is part of it. Like I tell my therapist a lot, like, um, oh, I just, I just wasn't at peace. <laughs> and um so so that's that's a big thing but i think the peace it's peace for for the end or to the end of this harmony and this union um like it's not just a lack of conflict it's a it's a it's a harmony it's a union it's everything fitting together it's everything meshing um and the the union does does speak to the kind of merging drive I described earlier. Yeah, this was this was really great to read, just like you said, because I've heard the buzzwords. I've heard peace, I've heard harmony, and I've heard merge. Those are like the big three words when mm -hmm. you talk about nines. But union, that is a really good one. And maybe maybe from now on, we start calling you guys union makers. Yeah. Union, union seekers or something. I, I think yeah. that's fun. I like what he says. A noticeable proof of this might be my own sexual attraction towards what I have identified as more masculine uh, or that I don't believe are as present in me. And so I think I think I, that, I do that too, where I have an attraction to merge toward people who have attributes that I wish I had. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't know if other types do this, um, if there's that kind of desire to consume another person in order to assume their characteristics. Ooh. I'm holding back because I told Matt in our eight conversation that this isn't about me. This is about eight. And now for you, this is all about the nine. So uh -huh. I'm not going to interject my, my four-ish thoughts, but you've given me things to think about because okay. the fours. The fourth primary advice is envy, and so mm. I have I have things to say about envy when we get there. But yeah, but I'm so, gonna let your you take the spotlight. On yeah, this so I, I don't maybe other types do that. Maybe other types do that same behavior, but for different reasons or in different right. ways. But um, but I think there's there's definitely something there in my in my merging drive is that I want to become more like the person I'm merging with. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's super fascinating. It's cool to hear you echo the the same sentiment as this other beloved nine in our mm -hmm. community. Um, let's make the shift from motivations to fears. Always a fun shift to make. Um, nine's deepest fears. Nine's fear being too needy and thus pushing people away. They cope with this fear by submitting to the desires and agendas of the people around them, being agreeable in order to be included. So how does that land with you? And then... Same question for all of these. How do you view your deepest fear through the lens of sexuality and masculinity? You know, I got to be honest, I don't think I'm as in touch with my fears from an Enneagram perspective as I could be. Um, when I am, I think I, I understand that I have a fear of conflict and I've observed that, but I, I'm not sure I've... Um, really interrogated, like what's behind that fear? Am I fearing, you know, kind of the classical Enneagram nine X, the, the Enneagram explanation for the nine fear is, um, is disconnection. And I haven't really been able to identify like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid if I, uh, if I send my food back because it's cold, you know, at the, at the restaurant, 
um, like I'm afraid I'm going to be disconnected from the waiter or, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't, I guess I haven't really explored enough to see um, how that's true for me. Um, I think I fear, I, I do that, the, the fear of being needy does resonate with me. Like I'm afraid okay. that if I ask for too much, people are going to kind of think less of me or push me away. Um, like I'm, I'm going to find out I, there's, there's not room for me in their life after all. Um, and, and I think there's sort of a flip side to that where I fear, I fear needy people sometimes. Um, like I fear Mm -hmm. people's needs kind of like imposing on me, making demands of me. Um, and, uh, and, and I fear the commitment it incurs to start taking care of someone um, because it demands work and, and, you know, Enneagram nines are a little slothful. So it's, you know, work is kind of a tough sell. It's like you have this vial of energy, right? Yeah. And you, you have it to divvy up throughout the day. Yeah. And it just runs out so fast. Mm-hmm. And um, and so maybe, I, I think maybe one reason that I fear being needy, I fear exposing my needs to the world is because I know how I am tempted to treat needy people and I don't want other people to treat me that way. Very interesting. I love how you turned it outward as far as your neediness and then others, mm-hmm. others neediness as well. That's super interesting. Um, here's some Yabra feedback for this question about the Enneagram 9's deepest fears. Um, somebody said this, one of the things I've found most difficult as most of my friends have gotten married and I've committed to singleness is that I need my friends more than they need me. They have that intimacy and closeness already there. And I feel like I'm offering less than I'm taking. And that makes me so fearful that they know that too. And my friendship is a burden to them. It has been helpful to be more open about this fear with friends who I know, who know I'm side B because they can help dispel the fear a bit. Yeah, I, I resonate a lot with that fear of, of being like on the, uh, on the, like on, on the bad end of the deal, you know, like being, being the burden, like, I don't want to be a burden. And I think a lot of my, um, a lot of my coping with that is trying to shift my needs and my expectations and my wants internally and convincing myself I need less or want less or want something else so that I can be less of a burden and present less of that need, less of that want, less of that expectation to to the people around me. And I think I've had to learn, and this is still something I'm not very good at, but I've had to learn to see my needs as as something that can be um, actually good for my community. Like me presenting needs to my community gives them a chance to grow in their ability to uh, to be there for me and provide for me. Um, it gives them a chance to um, look outside of their selves, look outside of their nuclear families. Mm. Um, and, you know, w- without me to, to be there and be needy, they would just be bopping along, you know, um, in their, in their suburban houses. Uh, and, and nobody wants that. You're there. Yeah. You're there to break people out of their lulls, their suburban lulls. That's, that's a great, it's a great way to think about it. Um, 
Someone else said this, one of my biggest fears is that no one will be there for me in the present or future. Also that I might say or do something hurtful that they never want to see me again. This has been a work in progress for me to get to know that some people will come and go, but the Lord has not left my side and will not leave or forsake me. And I think something that I'm noticing a lot about nines, I don't know if it's going to be specific to nines, just because nines have, it's it's the crown of the Enneagram, right? Have you Do you like that phrase? Or I love that, that yes. <laughs> so it's so regal. So like <laughs> anyone that knows the diagram of the Enneagram, it's right at the top. So yeah, it's, and I, I think it's, it's, there's a reason why it's up there. It's like, I kind of see a little bit of everything in the nine because I'm resonating with a lot of the things that you're saying and I don't resonate at or identify as a type nine, but there's so much of that you're sharing that I'm reading about that's like, oh yeah, I feel that mm, too. And it might be mm. coming from a slightly different mm. shade of the mirror, but uh, but I'm catching a lot of this too. So it's really, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, that that fear of pushing people away, it's this, for, for me, there's this weird tension of I'm afraid to like create too many waves. I'm, I'm afraid to make waves rock the boat because then people will just find find my presence to be tiring and will leave me um but i but that's also in tension with being uh self-conscious about being boring like i'm afraid i'm insecure oh. about being boring like i i'm afraid that i'm just boring and uninteresting and i won't keep people's attention um that back to the vanilla ice cream an- analogy oh. um you know i have I have this uh, friend who is an Enneagram seven and he's just off the charts seven, seven wing seven. Mm-hmm. And, um, and whenever I'm about to hang out with him, I'm just like worried that like, Oh, this seven, I'm not going to, ca- I'm not, ju- I'm just not going to keep his attention. Like he's going to be like, why, why do I spend time with Ryan? That was such a like low energy waste of time. And then I realized, no sevens, like they, they just make their own fun. Like they, they're, he, he's not going to have a bad time because he knows how to make it a fun time. Right. Um, but there is still that kind of tension between, I don't want to be too, uh, I don't want to rock the boat, but I also don't want to be boring. I see. Well, I will affirm you, Ryan, because there's a reason you've been on the most Yobcast after me. It's like, I get so much out of talking to you and I know our, our listeners do too. So, well, thank you. I don't know. I can't speak. I can't speak for how you are with all of your other friends, but when you spend time with us in the Yabaverse, it's always a good time. More than vanilla ice cream, maybe even butter pecan. Ooh, okay. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> take that. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then finally our Enneagram nine in training, um, Mr. Mr. Nine Jr. He, here's what he had to say. Um, a fear of being excluded is certainly a driving force. I often use the language of separation myself as it pairs well with union and gives more distinguishing language than the obvious desirable quality of inclusion. I of course want to be included, but it even causes me dis-ease to be separated or out of harmony with someone. Even individuals I don't particularly like or desire to be associated with could cause me dis-ease when I or my actions cause separation or disunity. Even with my quote-unquote enemies, if a nine could ever admit to having them, are people I feel a desire to keep union with as far as I tend to interact with them. For a long time, and I think even now, this fear of separation was a driving force for my inhibition of any realization of my sexual identity. As it pertains to my core desire, I did find fulfillment and in non-genital ways, sexual gratification from being included with the group. But same-sex physical intimacy was an obvious threat to my inclusion with others. I can see how I will purposefully forsake my willingness for same-sex physical touch, culturally appropriate labels, gay, 
or traditionally flamboyant or feminine actions to maintain acceptability with my tribe that I participate with in order to maintain my union with the group identity. Even when I practice varying degrees of the three categories in different circles, I feel the distinct dismissal of any personal desire in one of these three areas when I enter a community that I am seeking to maintain unity with. Oh, so much there. Um, yeah, when I'm, when I'm part of a group um, where, where I love the people and I feel like I belong and I, I, I start to feel like we all belong together and, um, and I just want all of us to be friends and I just want all of us to think mostly the same way and have mostly the same beliefs at least. Um, and it can be sort of frightening to me when that turns out not to be true. Like if, if it turns out we're not actually all friends or actually that guy believes some really weird stuff or, or at least stuff I, this other person disagrees with, or I disagree with that can feel kind of threatening to me. And so I, I resonate with what he's saying about kind of putting off the um, coming to terms with my sexuality or, or like coming to a place of working out how my faith uh, interacts with my sexuality or what it means to follow Jesus as a gay man. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can see how I put that off for a long time because I didn't want to, because I was getting my, I was sort of like taking this, taking this unity with my in-group and pretending it was conviction uh, when it, when it kind of wasn't, um, it's not the same thing. And so there came a moment where a close friend of mine, I was uh, sort of um, confiding in him some, some doubts and some struggles. And he, he said, well, you know, I don't, I, th I think it'd be fine if you got a boyfriend, like, I think, I don't think the Bible says you shouldn't get married to a man. And that shook me deeply uh, because I felt this unity with him um, that suddenly I didn't feel like I could feel anymore. And that was kind of the moment when I realized, oh, I have to, I have to actually figure out, um, figure this out for myself. You know, I have to, back to the Julia Roberts thing, back to the runaway bride reference, I have to figure out what eggs are mine, you know, like how do, how do I like these eggs cooked? Um, and, uh, and, and so I think that's one of the, one of the beautiful things about nines is that once we find, once we give up that sort of like false conviction that comes out of this desire for unity, this facile, fa how do you say that word? Facile? Facile, 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 facile <laughs> like drive for unity. Like once you get to the other side of that, you can find some really rock hard convictions that are just like rooted deeply in the stubbornness of being a nine. Um, yeah. Like I like to, I don't know, uh, uh, another like word image that I have for, for my interior life is, um, I sometimes I feel like a jar of marshmallow fluff with random like diamonds inside. Like it's it's marshmallow fluff until you hit a diamond, <laughs> and then mm. and then it's then it's the 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 like hard smooth surface of a diamond, and you're not chipping it. So there are like a few of those diamonds in my marshmallow fluff of a heart, <laughs> where like it's just not budging. 
You're giving me so many p- potential ideas for the title of this episode, <laughs> so we'll see. And you never know. I always have to figure out the title when we get to the end. So you've given me lots of images from marshmallows to diamonds to Julia Roberts. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of options here. So we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. Um, moving into what I really love about the Enneagram is the the directional component, the dynamic component of moving to stress, moving to security, these various seasons of life that we enter into and how each of these types kind of lean on different um, different tools to survive and how to manage the, the terrain basically. And so when nines are in stress, they go to six, which is the loyalist. Sounds so great. Um, here's, what, here's what the description is about nines in stress. During periods of stress, nines can take on the six quality, uh, which causes them anxiety. They will become overcommitted and rigid. They doubt themselves in many aspects of their lives. They can become very reactive in stressful situations. Um, So does that sound true to you? And how, if so, or if you want to take that further, um, how do you see that playing out in areas of sexuality and masculinity? Yeah, I think in times of stress, like I just want somebody to tell me what to do. I just want the authority structure. Mm -hmm. I just want the, my boss um, I just want my my trusted network of friends to tell me what to do. And I think that's a kind of a um, healthy sixes don't need that. They work they work through that to the other side where they don't need it. But unhealthy sixes, which is when we get our unhealthy our unhealthy number and stress, we I, we exhibit the unhealthy behaviors. And so that's the unhealthy six behavior that I identify with the most. And I think in Off the top of my head, I can't think of ways that plays out specifically in sexuality, but I mean, I think there's a lot lot of life that falls under the umbrella of masculinity, and maybe one of those things is taking care of the space around you. And, um, you know, all all of this, this conversation always comes with lots of caveats, like, uh, yes, women also take care of the space around them, but... um, (laughs) But I don't want to get sidetracked by all that. All that to say, when uh, when a when a branch falls on my roof and I have roof damage and water coming in, and I just want somebody to tell me what to do, tell me how to fix it. Um, I don't want to take the initiative, be creative, uh, uh, and figure out how to how to take control of the situation. I guess. Yeah, it's interesting how you put that as an example because I see, you know, from what I know about sixes, like sixes, they're they're called the loyalists and they are, my experience with certain sixes in my life is like, yeah, they are extremely loyal and they'll stay by you. And um, that's interesting that you use the the metaphor of like uh, sort of like an employment structure. Like you have, you want somebody above you to just tell you what to do. Like I think a six is a great if they love their company or if they're good, like they'll, they'll be the ones to show up to work on time or they'll, um, you know, do what they're supposed to do. If they, if they feel that sense of commitment, that loyalty to the vocation, to the place, to the boss even. And so I, it's interesting to see that playing out in your life. Um, when you're going through a time of stress that you just want that something to hold on to, something to latch onto, to mm-hmm. just follow a B, a, B and C all the way down. Let me read, uh, the feedback for for this one, just one response to this one. Similar to my fears above, 
I have found a reoccurring willingness to morph and overcommit to the interests and activities of others, especially groups of straight friends that I think represent the idyllic friend group that I ought to have to be at harmony with my current system. In the past, this morphing of myself and overcommitment to activities I personally have no interest in leads me to exhaustion, frustration, and resentment, which typically leaves me distancing myself and becoming unavailable to anything they do. It would be too much of an inconvenience for me to dictate any of my own requests or interests on the group, so it's easier to detach, avoid any conflict, bury my own frustration, and maintain some belief of continued harmony or belief of re-engagement. The same can happen in overtly gay settings, where an acceptable gay identity is morphed into for the sake of maintaining group unity and personal desires, needs, or wants are suppressed unless there is comfortability with the group to voice needs or rest for a while. Yeah, you know, reading this, I'm wondering if if I share that symptom of overcommitment mm. to, to like the, I guess the going to six and stress. Because often I felt over overcommitted to things. And, and I don't know if that's just, you know, just a pretty normal nine thing. <laughs> it doesn't take much to get overcommitted. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a thing on the calendar today. I got to yeah, yeah, prepare yeah. myself. <laughs> But that's part of adult, hashtag adulting, right? Is mm-hmm. is learning to say no. It's learning what was what can I take onto my table today, and what can I, mm-hmm. what do I have to just let go of and say no to? So I think yeah. that's wise for all types, but I think maybe particularly for the nine. Sometimes well. you just got to tell yourself, "Bitch, we're all tired." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, we'll see if I bleep it later. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what I'm feeling later. Um, nines and security, the flip side of that, as we start to wind this conversation down, um, they go to three, which is such an interesting jump from nine to three, which is the achiever, the performer, um, a lot of athletes, a lot of just celebrities. Like it's kind of that person that just loves being on stage, loves being accomplished, having accomplishments, um, which is such an interesting direction for the nine to go and security. Um, Description of that, during periods of growth and security, nines can take on qualities of type threes. They will take command of their life and become better decision makers. Nines become more self-confident and accepting of their existence in life during periods of growth. And you're touching on that a little bit as far as like, you just want someone to make a decision for you when you're kind of in a period of stress. So then mm-hmm. this contrast is then security. It's just being the having the confidence to make those decisions and, and roll with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's less it's less a simple matter of confidence, like I, as if I lack the self confidence. Usually, I think it's more of a more of a belief that um, that I that I guess well, I guess self confidence is a way to 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 describe that. But I think it's less about self esteem and more about believing that like my voice matters and is good, and my decisions. Um, I can handle whatever, whatever they lead to. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that in times of, um, uh, of health in my life, I have like accomplished things. Like I think from a distance, I might look a, a little bit like a three, um, you know, writing, I've, I've written, uh, 1.75 novels and love that. Uh, and you know, I, I've gotten some like pretty good like side projects done in, in my programming career, and you know, I, I have a 
I have a, a house that I think is pretty nice and it's so nice. And you built onto it recently. It was mm-hmm. just so cool to to see that. So I could definitely see how some people would look at you and maybe say, Oh, that's a three, mm-hmm. such a three mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so accomplished. Um, let's read the last feedback for, for this one. I find that in my health and security, I can more quickly recognize and voice needs. I also have more awareness of my own intuition. Residing in the body-gut triad, nines often function from an intuitive, instinctive place. It is not always known or felt why they ought to do something, but their slothfulness can also play out as a stubbornness when it comes to doing whatever it is we're going to do. Yes, in my health, I can not only say no, but I can also trust that the ideas and insights I have might just be worth pursuing, as I can see how my intuition is realizing some more meaningful or purposeful direction. There is more assurance of myself in all that I do. I can see grander understanding to my masculinity. I can see a more holistic union to my relationships beyond just participating. I can see more clearly the motives and tensions of others and give them the benefit of the doubt when working with them, rather than believing their approach to me or interactions are set and incapable of change, or worse, incapable of including my approach to life. It's interesting that he mentioned, yeah, he mentioned the the body gut triad, which we talked a little bit in the last episode with Matt about how eights, nines, and ones are in this triad of of intuitive intelligence. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how that lands with you as far as this part of the conversation goes, if you have any thoughts on that. I mean, if going to six in stress is overthinking things, then going to three and going with intuitive intelligence in times of health is is like, don't overthink it. Just like mm-hmm. make a decision and go with it. Like you can handle whatever, whatever it leads to. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. That's cool. I'm kind of jealous of the gut types, if I'm honest, because I, my gut, I have like, like I have literal discomfort when I'm stressed and I have gut pain and I'm like, I just want to have mm-hmm. this feeling in my gut. That's like, this is the decision to make and just like go with it. And just, I know it's probably easier said than done for you to be in a place of security and just follow your gut. But I've always been kind of jealous of those types who seem like they just know from my vantage point, it seems like they know what the path is and they follow it and they generally seems like they turn out well. It seems like they know what they're doing. And so I think um, that's that's kind of my vantage from another side of the Enneagram of seeing the gut types. Mm-hmm. I want to close our combo here today, Ryan, by giving encouragement to anyone listening who either is a nine or knows a nine. You surely do. Um, this is what you do. This is what you do if you want to love a, a love a nine. And feel free to add a PS onto this, Ryan, if there's other things you can think of, of ways that we can love you as great as we can. If you, have a, if you love a nine, you have found someone who is known to be the most gentle, peaceable, and altruistic of all the types. This energy spent merging with others', others needs, however, can make them slothful. If you have to rouse them, consider yourself lucky if they will move in the direction you want, since they may honestly <laughs> care more about you and the relationship than themselves. However, encourage them to have their own autonomy and self-respect so they're not damming up passive-aggressive anger. Make sure, you, make sure you actively listen with them and pause to see what's really going on with them too. Realize when they get loud, they're feeling either unheard or anxious. Address those particular issues as best as you can, even though they may say it's fine. Making daily prioritized lists will also help with nines. They will always try to put you first, so give them express permission to take care of their own physical and mental health, errands, work, hobbies, and needs. Yeah, all that's really good. Um, I think one, one thing nines need to hear is like your voice matters. What you want matters. It's important for you to know what you want. 
um, and, and let us know it too, because, because we, because we want to know. Um, I think you have to sort of balance all that out with also nines, nines sometimes need a lot of space. Um, like if, if we're not merging, then sometimes we just, we just want to be left alone. And I think you have to understand that it's not personal. It's just, we run out of energy pretty fast and we need that, mm. that time to recharge and, and, um, and reconnect with ourselves. And like, we, we need to be told your voice matters, but, but honestly, try, try to keep it to like the actually important things, you know, like I am, this is one thing I just want everyone to take away with about nines is, um, if we're at a restaurant and we order food and the wrong food comes from the kitchen for me. And, you know, maybe I ordered a hamburger. I, I actually got a tuna melt. Um, and, and the eight sitting next to me is like, we're, send, we're sending that back. That is not acceptable. And the one sitting on my other side is like, I can't believe this place would do that. I'm not tipping them at all. And I'm like, guys, it's really okay. I like tuna melts too. Like, cause internally, see, this is what I was saying earlier. I am really good at shifting my internal expectations to just be okay with it. And when I say, guys, the tuna melt is okay. I'm, I'm being honest. Like that's, that's an okay situation. I don't need you to jump on that and say, no, your voice matters here and we're going to send it back. Like yeah. that is not actually loving to me at that point. Um, so just, just try to, try to figure out, try, try to just read the room, right? Like, mm. is this a really important thing? No, it's just a tuna melt. It's fine. He's going to be fine. Like Ryan would rather just enjoy the tuna melt because uh, because he will not enjoy whatever comes instead of the tuna melt more after we make a scene. And I'm sure, so, yeah, more than the tuna melt, more than the hamburger, it's just yeah. being out with your friends and having time yeah. to be with each yeah. other. I think that's probably what you prioritize more. Not yeah. that food isn't important, but I think you prioritize the the moments maybe necessarily more than the the specifics of the food that's coming on your plate. That mm. is such a great example you gave so many just very specific examples today which i love so thank you for excellent <laughs> all your feedback yeah love so many nines in our community so many beloved nines that i've connected with not only inside yab of course but outside as well they're just they're great they're great humans and so give them some space but also yeah just uh take some of that feedback from what ryan shared today hope you hopefully it was uh, a good learning experience as we continue our journey around the enneagram um this has been so great, Ryan. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing. I know we could probably talk so much longer. Maybe we'll do a sequel someday, but this is a great primer of nineness. We'll just direct people to this episode for years and years to come. Well, I'm honored. Thank you so much for listening to what I have to say. Although I, I will say though, if we do a sequel nine episode, I think no offense to you, Ryan, but I think we need to probably get this other person on the show. And well, I would him. just say the same things over again. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be fun, but stay tuned everybody for next week. We'll finish out the gut triad. We'll be talking to a one, which is kind of rare in these parts. So looking forward to talking to a one as we make our journey around the Enneagram this spring slash summer on this Enneagram combo cast series. So excited to keep this conversation rolling. Thanks brother. Thanks for being here. And I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Yes. Thank you, Tom. Whenever that, whenever that Yab cast rolls back around again one day, uh, we'll get there. So until we cast our next Enya Convo, see you guys later. 
Bye.